Hey you, how are you? It's been a whole almost 30 days or more um, since the last episode and so I have missed you and I hope you have missed me. Some of you have reached out like where is episode number two and here it is right now. Um, Thank you so much all of you. It's been a while since I thanked you guys right so I am overdue to say thank you thank you and thank you again for listening week after week thank you for looking for more episodes thank you for reaching out to say what's up with you to those of you that are I appreciate you my faithful listeners the faithful already in you family I appreciate you so much thank you thank you and thank you again can y'all believe that we are entering into the last two months of the year 2023 goodness gracious I feel like we just got here oh gosh I feel like I was just you know telling you guys to get ready so I've already started thinking and praying about like what am I going to encourage you guys into for 2024 encourage myself into for 2024 funny enough I just hung up with my sister and she was like she was like Ifa we are playing Ifa we are playing with our gift she was like you know what it's actually selfish And I was listening to her like, oh my gosh, you know how, have you ever had um, one of those experiences where someone is just talking to you? They're just talking to you. She was talking to herself, right? And, And I felt like I was being slapped, like left and right, you know? And so... Um, yeah, by the grace of God, there are new things that are going to come. I know I've I said that before and I'm saying it again because I need to, right? God gave me so many gifts, right? That I owe to the world, right? Um, it's actually selfish, like she said, to hold on to these things and not do anything with them. And so, you know, that I think was what I needed to hear as we round out the year. So new things in the last two months of this year, but also new things in 2024 by his grace. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it and I need to get to work, get, get to work in a more, in, in a more speedy fashion because time is not waiting. If you've ever looked at a child who you saw maybe when they were a toddler or a baby and then gone back in a few months, you know exactly what I'm saying. Time is not waiting for us. And while it may feel like, oh, tomorrow's there, tomorrow's there, you just don't know. You just don't know. So if you are sleeping on some of your um, goals for 2023, let this be your wake up call. Okay, I am shaking you. I'm holding you by your shoulders and shaking you and saying, come on here, girl. Come on here, boy. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time. Actually, it is absolutely time. So get it together. Look at that list. What did you say you were going to do that you haven't done? Now is the time, right? Because there's two months left. We are rounding up October and that leaves November. That leaves December, two months left. And even if you listen to this at another time, whatever time it is, there's only so much time left. So get to work, right? Get to work, do something. This same sister, I was with her on Saturday, a few days ago and um, I was just I was I pulled up my phone and I was showing her all this content that I had recorded that I had not released because it's not perfect and I don't like it and oh the lighting messed up here oh you can hear the wind here oh my daughter said something in the background here you know all the little um, um, excuses right that we give and she looked at me and she's like Ifa done is better than perfect (laughs) 
and I'm like, man, you know, and I feel like God gave me the sister that I need in those moments um, um, where I'm questioning everything, wondering, is this good enough, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't even know how many words that, that is. Done is better than perfect. Five words, five words that summed up everything that literally shut my mouth up. Done is better than perfect. Somebody should tweet that. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. Do we still say tweet now that it's called X? I don't even know. Anyway, whatever. Done is better than perfect. Okay. And so if you are like me and you have this perfectionist spirit, um, and it, it, it it's a good thing on several occasions, but it actually can be inhibiting on several other occasions. If you're like me, let this be your wake up call number two, light bulb moment number two, done is better than perfect. So it, it may not be great. It may not look like some of the other stuff you've seen, but it's done. And so post it, it's done. So send it, it's done. Um, so publish it, whatever the, whatever the right verb is, do it because it's done, right? So we have two months left and I am kicking you, lovingly kicking you in the butt to say, get moving, get moving, get moving. Um, we have been talking about hope. And last episode, we talked about Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter three, verse 17 to 18. And we looked at different versions and I hope you wrote a version for yourself. And if you did not write a version, please write one. You know, though the the fig tree is, is not blossoming and there's no fruit on the vine, write that so that it looks like what you're currently dealing with. Though I am still single um, and I am 39 years old, though um, I have been at this job for six months and I hate every breath, every moment of it, though I am still catching the bus and all of my friends are on their second and third cars, though I am um, um, waiting for um, a baby and my friends are all on number two or number three, right? Whatever, whatever it is you're going through today, I'm encouraging you right what your Habakkuk chapter three would look like. And then choose at the end to make a stark contrast, like immediate. You know how in Hollywood, there's this building up. And so you see, like if you're watching a rom-com, for example, you see the flicker of, oh, okay, they're going to end up at together at the end. You see it. You see it from the almost from the opening credits, right? And, and that's why my husband, for example, and a lot of other people cannot stay in rom-coms because he predicts it from the from the end. Um, but the difference here is that Habakkuk had no buildup, right? There was no, oh, okay, I see a, a green shoot coming from the ground. No, no, no. He said there is no fruit on the vine. The crop has failed. Like he, he laid out everything in, in like six or seven lines. Everything is horrible. And nothing is working. Nothing looks like, you know, what I want it to look like. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. And then in the last two lines of those verses he just says yet will I choose right and so it wasn't a build-up it wasn't like a crescendo like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel there is no light but still but still I choose hope yet will I trust 
Oh my goodness. I think it's pretty obvious how much I love that scripture, right? Um, And so if you haven't written yours, please write it. Please write it because you will be surprised and amazed at what choosing to hope will do for you. It is not just based on a feeling. It's not based on surroundings. It is based on an absolute trust in a God that you know can and will do what he promised to do. Come on, somebody. Listen, it is hope in a God. It is trust in a God. It is love for a God that you know will do what he promised he will do. You don't see how it's going to be done, but you know it will be done. And that's what Habakkuk showed us. You can absolutely see and acknowledge the the bleakness of your current situation and still end up in hope. Because a lot of people, again, last episode, a lot of people will say, oh, oh, I'm rich in Jesus name. Yes, you are. <laughs> you are right. You are by God's grace. You know, if, if, if you listen to the things that he says and you do your part to bring those things to pass, yeah, you are rich in Jesus name. Um, but forward looking only doesn't acknowledge the presentness of your situation, you know? And so it's almost better to say, my checking has $6 in it, but I'm rich in Jesus name. As opposed to just saying I'm rich in Jesus name, because you could say I'm rich in Jesus name and be, and have $6,000 in your checking account. You could also say I'm rich in Jesus name and have $6 million in your checking account because different people will say, Oh, neither one of those is rich. Right. But, but acknowledging where you are today gives your hopes for tomorrow, a completely different vantage point because the person with six pennies in their checking account saying I'm rich in Jesus name and actually receiving that down the line has a completely different testimony than someone saying I'm rich in Jesus name with 6,000 in their checking account. So Habakkuk showed us what it looks like to to acknowledge the presentness of your situation and yet choose, choose to see a God that will fulfill the promises that he promised. So we're next, right? So I was asking the Lord, okay, what next? And what, what he brought to my mind was first Corinthians chapter 13. Now you're looking at, you're listening to me and you're like, um, that's the scripture on love. And I get it right. Yes, it is. Everybody knows first Corinthians 13. The entire chapter is about love, but the last verse, first Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says this. And so faith, hope, love abide these three but the greatest of these is love and so faith hope love abide these three but the greatest of these is love and so when you're looking at first corinthians chapter 13 Obviously, Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about love, the church in Corinth about love. And before that, in chapter 12, he went through this beautiful dissertation on um, um, gifts, different types of gifts. Um, and he ends chapter chapter 12, verse 31 with this, but earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the 
greatest and best gifts and graces. And yet, I will show you a still more excellent way in which he now goes into 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, where he says, if I can speak in the tongues of men, blah, 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 if I can do all these things and have not love, then I'm just making noise. I'm a clanging symbol. So he starts off by talking about gifts and, 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 and how, and he ends that chapter by saying, desire the greatest gifts, the greatest, whichever one in this list is the greatest to you desire that thing. He said, but then I'll even show you a more excellent way. Then he goes into talking about love and he ends the chapter on love chapter 13 in verse 13 by saying, now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so I started to think about that, like, Lord, why did you bring this scripture to my head to talk about hope? This is more than anything. It's more, it's more about love than it is about hope. And so the Lord started to remind me, listen, when, when Paul was saying these three remain and the greatest of these is love, he wasn't in any way diminishing faith. He wasn't diminishing hope. He was saying in essence that of these three, Love is the greatest. Why? Because love lasts the longest. Love is eternal. Faith is not necessarily eternal. Hope is not necessarily eternal, depending on how you look at it. I know that we can actually, you know, there there can be arguments that will refute what I'm saying. And I understand that. But I think at its most foundational level, faith is not eternal because when we see Jesus, we won't need faith anymore. Right. When when we are in heaven, when we're reigning with him in glory, um, we won't need faith anymore. Why? Because faith is trust. Faith is trust and a belief of its belief with action in a God that, you know, exists. Right. Faith, faith. The basic definition is faith is trust in God. It is, it, it is looking at what saves us. And so if, if faith is trusting God, it is believing that God can do what he says he, he can do. Then when I see you, when I'm with you daily, all hours of the day, right? When I'm, when I join the 24 elders to, to say, holy, 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 I am not saying holy based on what I think, based on what I hope, based on an expectation. No, I'm saying holy because I see you. Oh my goodness. I'm saying holy because you're right in front of me. I'm saying holy because I'm, I'm beholding the, the grandeur, the splendor of your person. And, and it's right in front of me. So I don't necessarily need faith for that. Right. When I, when, when, when Paul is saying faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love because love exists eternally. Hope, hope. I won't need hope in heaven. Hope is this, this, again, this expectation that everything the Lord says he's going to do, he will do. Whereas faith is believing that the Lord can do everything that he says he can do. Right. And, and even to an aspect that he will, but hope has a different spin on it. Why? Because hope pulls on an expectation. Hope pulls on this desire to see the promises of God. Now, when I'm in heaven, I won't need hope. Because you're in front of me again, and there is no longer a need for expectation. Why? Because the reality of everything that I've been waiting for is in front of me. I will no longer be looking for the manifestation of the promises of God. Why? Because it's in front of me. He is the manifestation of every promise. Him, his person. He is the manifestation of every promise. And so in heaven, I won't need that. 
right? I won't need necessarily a hope. Why? Because he's in front of me. And so when Paul is talking to the church in Corinth and he's telling them that the greatest of these is love, he's not saying that love is better. He's saying that love exists longer. Love does not fail. Love does not expire. Oh my goodness, love is amazing. But like I said, we're not talking about love. We're talking about hope. And so when, what, you, I, what I want us to understand from that verse is that to diminish one is to diminish all of them. Right. When if I'm making deviled eggs, I love deviled eggs, y'all. I do. Um, but they have to be made right because if they're mayonnaise and gross, no, thank you. Um, or if it's too much relish, too much crunch, no, thank you. Too much paprika, no, thank you. But all of these things together make up deviled eggs. So you have eggs, you have mayonnaise, you have uh, relish, you also have salt, you have paprika, you know, you have pepper, depending on it. You know, I went somewhere and they put it a slice of um jalapenos on top of one oh my god but we're not talking about double eggs if it get back together so if 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 i have eggs and i have mayo and i have relish salt paprika pe- pepper whatever you know all of these things together make up a deviled egg i cannot say i can't just pull an egg and say this is the deviled egg slice it in half no you have given me a boiled egg i can't pull mayo and say oh yes this is deviled eggs no you gave me mayonnaise it is all these things together that make up deviled eggs so also these these three things together show us the totality of what true love is in the body of Christ so to diminish one is to diminish all of them if I pull out love and say this is love without also adding faith and hope then I haven't given you an understanding truly of what love is So let's look at faith really quickly. Faith basically, like I said already, is trust in God. So faith gives love an object. Without without faith in love, then I don't have an object or something that I'm looking at. Faith gives love an object and that object is God. So if you try to love without faith, you're trying to love without an object. If you love without faith, you're loving without an object. So what does faithless love look like? Faithless love is is love without a reliance on God. Because God, again, is the object of all and every love. So faithless love is actually fake love. It's love based on looks based on feelings, based on emotions, based on the butterflies in my belly when you walked into the room. It's love based on sex. It's love based on anything that is not God. So any love that you see that exists outside of the kingdom of God is actually faithless love. Why? Because faith gives love an object. And that object is the Lord because faith is trust in God. And if I say that I trust you, Lord, and, and, and there is a love that is budding in my life as a result of my trust in you, then I cannot separate my love for that thing with my trust and my faith in you. Because faith says everything that I have and everything that I am and everything that is coming for me from you is a result of your love for me. So my love for you, which is reciprocal to that, is based on you. 
And this is why as believers, we say to people, you cannot love outside of Christ. You cannot love outside of God. And if you've ever, um, you know, and if you ever want to know, is that possible? Is it possible to love God without, I mean, to love without faith? Then I would say to you, ask someone who's been cheated on repeatedly. Do they love the person that they love anyway? And the answer to that is yes. And I don't mean to be callous, but the truth is you can love someone that you don't trust. You can love someone and absolutely not trust them because faithless love is also love without trust, period. You still have an affinity for this person. They've cheated on you three times, two times, five times, 16 times. And, And yet your heart still betrays you because it still loves this person. It still wants this person. You still have these strong desires for this person, yet they continue to let you down. And therein lies faithless love. And it's not in any way the absolute love that the Lord would have for us or that the Lord, the Lord would have us experience, but it's absolutely possible. And then there's hope. Paul talks about faith, hope, and love. These three remain. So what's hope? Hope gives faith substance. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope gives faith substance. It's what helps love to persevere. Hope is a firm expectation that a God who can be trusted, aka faith, will do everything he has promised. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 in the Amplified, it says it says this, and so faith, hope, love abide. Faith, conviction, and belief respecting man's relation to God and divine things, hope, joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation, love, true affection for God and man growing out of God's love for and in us, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So it gives you, if you're reading it in the Amplified Classic version, it gives you a a little tidbit on each thing. Hope is firm expectation and I love that that word firm because expectation can be flip-floppy right I expect it today but then tomorrow I'm not sure and then today I'm fully confident and I'm given you know firm expectation and then tomorrow it's just like oh I don't know I don't know I don't know you know and that's just and that's normal but true hope is firm expectation that God who can be trusted will do everything he's promised. There's this verse in Joshua chapter 23 that I love so much. Verse 14. And this is Joshua nearing the end of his life. And he gathers the the children of Israel. And he says to them, and behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. Know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God promised concerning you all have come to pass for you. Not one thing of them has failed. Goodness gracious. The way my heart leaps every time I read that scripture, all of them have come to pass. Not one thing is failed. 
And if there is hope in one verse, in another verse, right? Because I already said that about Habakkuk. But if there's hope in another verse, it would be that. It is a belief and a firm trust and firm expectation in in God that everything that he promises will be fulfilled. Where you can look at your life and say this like Joshua said it. With, with even when, again, things haven't seemingly worked out completely the way you've wanted them to. But you can say... You can say with full confidence and assurance that not one thing has failed. And it looks past the presentness of your circumstance. We talked all about that in the last episode in Habakkuk chapter three. And it looks at the fulfillment of promises where no evidence exists. Hebrews chapter 11 verse one. Faith again is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hope says he will do it. He will keep his promise regardless of what the reality of today says. So hopeless love has no expectation. There are no forward thoughts that this will work out. No anticipation that all things will work together. Hopeless love is fleeting. Hopeless love pays attention to feelings. My feelings are consistent only with what I see. I'm committed to loving you based on what I see. Hopeless love is absolutely shallow. Hopeless love is nice. It is not kind. Hopeless love looks at today with no expectation about tomorrow. Hopeless love says, oh yeah, you're beautiful today so I can marry you. But if anything changes with your appearance, then then the foundation of our love gets immediately shaky. And so now you see what Paul is trying to say here. Like there isn't, there isn't a, 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 there isn't true love. If I cannot look at everything I'm seeing based on a balance of all these three, faith matters. Hope absolutely matters. Have you been loving hopelessly? And the question I'm asking is not loving a partner. And you could, I mean, you could actually do that, right? You could actually do a deep dive if you, if you're married, if you have someone, if you're courting, um, or even if you're just, um, with someone, you know, and, and it hasn't actually gotten to those levels yet. You could actually do a deep dive and say, Hey, am I loving with hope? Am I loving with faith? But beyond all of that, what you can be single. And I know a lot of my listeners are between the ages of 24 and 34. Um, And so there's a lot of people in that age range that are single. And so I don't want you to think in any way that this episode is about a person, someone else. My question to you, have you been loving the Lord hopelessly? Because it's possible, right? Where you love the Lord based on the beauty of your situation today. And your love for him wanes when things don't look like they ought to look like. Where the, the, the presentness of your situation actually does the opposite of what Habakkuk chapter 3 shows us. Habakkuk said, I yet will I trust him. But some of us actually are not saying that. Some of us are like, yo, Lord, the, 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 what my life looks like doesn't look like I even have a God. So yeah, deuces, like, mm-mm. 
Catch me when you do the things you say you're going to do. And that's when I'll read my word again. That's when I'll get back deep into worship. That's when I'll plug into church. That's when, that's when, that's when. And there is this, there is this transaction. You know, you love the Lord transactionally. That's hopeless love where I am waiting for you to do what you say you're going to do in order for me to love you the way you want me to love you. And let me tell you that that's the quickest way for the Lord really to, to not necessarily move, move out of your life, but the Lord doesn't show up in the way you would expect him to show up. Why? Because now you've looked at me like a magician. I am a magician in your life. If you are operating in hopeless love towards the Lord, then then your relationship with the Lord is 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 that of a magician. You know, when he shows up and he pulls the rabbit out of the hat, you like the audience get happy and glad and you get exuberant, right? And now the whole world knows that Ifa has a God that she loves. Why? Because now I'm on Facebook and I'm giving a testimony at church and I am um um showing up to Bible study extra early and I am staying late after church to clean the church, right? Why? Because the Lord gave me a job and I owe him my thanks. The Lord gave me a baby and I owe him my thanks. The Lord gave me a spouse and I owe him my thanks. The Lord gave me a car and I owe him my thanks. Wait now. That's not what Habakkuk showed us. Hopeless love is transactional. But to have hope and love is to, again, have a firm expectation that despite what I cannot see, despite what I don't actually know is coming, but I know it's coming, I'm going to love this God. Do you see why you must have hope in your love for him? And so I'm telling you today, if your hope has not been ignited, ignited now, these three remain faith hope and love yes the greatest of them is love yes but without hope love cannot be love and so you may be one of those people that have been loving God but loving him hopelessly and I'm inviting you today to ignite hope love him with hope just like you love him with faith. I feel like we, as believers, we talk a lot about faith, which we should. And we talk a lot about love, which we should. But hope is one of those neglected aspects that, you know, we 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 throw it in, we throw it in there every once in a while, right? But we don't we don't necessarily give it the attention that it needs. And so I'm inviting you again. Hope. Have you been loving him hopelessly? Change that now and love him with hope. Love him with a love that perseveres. And that persevering agent is hope. Hope says, I don't see it today. I don't see it tomorrow, but I will see it, right? Um, that song, um, uh, what is it? I think it's William. Oh, what is it? Um, I will remain. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Lord. I will remain confident in this. I will see the salvation of the Lord. Man, I will remain confident. That's that perseverance. I will see the salvation of the Lord. I will see victory. I will see what I'm waiting for. My joy will be full. That's hope. That's hopeful love. And it's not easy 
sometimes it even sucks, right? Sometimes you literally have to pull it out of the 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 tiniest recesses of your heart. Oh my goodness, like the tiny little bit of lint in the inside corner of your sock. You have to pull it out like that. But pull it out. Because without it, it's you're not truly loving a God that's worthy to be loved. If you are not operating in hope, then you're not operating in true love. And our Father deserves deserves true love. True love. True love that has hope. Remember. All you need for love and life has been given. It's already given. It's already yours. It's already in you. I love you plenty.